0: And today's discussion, we're going to dive into a figure-it-out mentality, something that we could all benefit from. So without further ado, welcome in Jamie to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, so glad to have you and have this discussion. So give us a little backstory about yourself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's see the, the bird's eye view, um, and especially how it relates to that figure it out mentality. Right. Uh, so I've been on my own since I was 15 years old, um, which that immediately is the space where I think that that kind of stemmed. Um, it probably goes a little further back than that, but, uh, really, you know, when you're on your own at 15 and you're having to kind of figure out how to navigate things, you know, at the time filling out Medicaid forms so I could have Health insurance for myself, you know, things of that sort. Um, But then going forward, I found out at the age of 19 that I was going to be a mother. Um, And so that initiated me overcoming drug addiction because when you have no boundaries and you're out there figuring it out, you're finding ways to numb everything and you're just off on the wrong track. Right. Uh, So when I found out I was going to be a mom, I said, I've Got to change where I'm at because if I'm going to bring this little human into the world, well, obviously, I can't keep doing what I was doing. Um, And due to some previous circumstances, that led me to starting my life practically over. I had to rebuild everything um, from a single Rubbermaid storage tote, like the type that you put your Christmas decor in. I picked one up at the Goodwill when I wanted to pick up some baby clothes. And so I came, I went back to my hometown and had to figure it out. And so, yeah, so that's where it started. And, you know, here we are almost, you know, about 17 years later, um, he'll be 17 next month just blows my mind. But, um, yeah, I've noticed a pattern of that started to lead me into reverse engineering. Um, everything, you know, I, I worked two jobs, I went to I went back to college after my little one was old enough to go to like half, you know, day school. And so if I was going to go to college, I was like I want to be done with this sooner than later. So I took on a full schedule, 15 hours a semester, three semesters, um a year. Yes, there are three semesters, the summer counts. Um so, you know, navigating two jobs, a uh, full, you know, educational schedule and being a single mom. You kind of have to get good at planning and juggling all of the things um, and the people and the moving parts. And that ended up becoming uh, what started off as kind of a survival skill, ended up becoming a skill that I then ended up putting into everything that I do. And I didn't realize that uh, until a couple of years ago. And so now I'm using that to work with other entrepreneurs and helping them kind of reverse engineer their goals you know, their big ideas and get them into a very strategic plan so that they can hit them with so much less overwhelm, so much less overwhelm.
0: Incredible. Because that is something that I think most of us as moms, as mompreneurs, we feel overwhelmed a lot, a lot, no matter what stage of business you're in, you know, each stage can be overwhelming. So the fact that you took such crazy circumstances and turn them into a thriving business. I mean, that just shows the possibilities. You have yeah, to, and grit it, to figure it out,
1: man. And it's been quite the journey, you know, I mean, it, it started off kind of the entrepreneurial mindset started years ago. I actually was working at a pharmacy and I started, I had the opportunity to develop a marketing department for this a small business. And then the the business across the street saw what I was doing, asked if I could come and help them. And so I started to do that. Then I moved into a little bit more of a sales space and then I moved away. So then we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I got into medical sales and uh, a few years after that space, I decided it just had some toxicity to it that I needed to get out of and I was the national director of sales, so I was dry. I was uh, visiting different states on a regular basis every single month. I was traveling to other territories. My son started uh, football, and so I was not home enough to be able to make it to some of the practices, to some of the games. And so very soon after he started uh, seventh grade and started doing football, I realized, okay. I've got to make a change. And so I got my real estate license um, and dove head first, sink or swim. And um, that right there was, you know, when you're 1099 and you're replacing already a six-figure income, it is sink or swim. You have to figure it out. And a lot of that is is the space that I learned the skills and started to recognize that you were you exactly right. No matter where we're at in our business, um, especially as an entrepreneur, there's always a time that we're wanting to grow or launch something new. And when things are running really smooth, you know, life happens and then throws something at you at home that was unforeseen. Sometimes it's not a thing, it's four things, then two things in your business. And next thing you know, everything was smooth. And then we're extremely overwhelmed. And we had this big idea that we wanted to do that we felt really energetically aligned with, but we're just too overwhelmed to get into the nitty gritty and we to plan it appropriately. And that's what I want to say is like all of these things, like we all start something because we feel called to do it. We want to serve others. Um, and Hear me when I say, I think that starting rather than getting stuck in analysis paralysis is always the way to go. We've got to start somewhere. You're allowed to pivot. Your seasons change in your personal life. And it only makes sense that your business goals will change as well. But as we get ready to launch new things, sometimes we can see that end goal really clearly. Like we know what it is, but we can't think of what are the actual like KPIs that we need to hit so that we know that we're on track for it. You know, how can we get really clear and purposeful about the roadmap to it, especially if we have a team, especially if we have a virtual team, right? So we need to have deadlines put into place so that everybody is staying on track, doesn't feel like we're micromanaging anybody. When we know what the deadlines are with the milestones along the way, then we start to feel so much more relieved because then we can plug them on our calendar. We're not like where are we at with this? You know, like are we getting there? Are we on track? Is this even working? You know? I mean, and it's the same with our overall financial goal, right? Like our revenue goal. Is your revenue goal your goal? Did we get really clear about it? You know, so I've just found that, you know, strategically planning and many little assets of our of our business For me, it's reduced the overwhelm, you know, feeling a little bit more organized, knowing what's to come when you feel out of control, you can start to spiral, right? Obviously it starts to mess with your mindset. Um, And I think for me, because at a young age, there was nobody else there to figure it out for me. Nobody else there guiding me. um, And I knew that I had to rely on myself. I had to put in systems in place that I didn't have to keep reinventing how I was going to figure it out. Right? Like, okay, I knew that that worked. Let me duplicate that. Oh, and this is in a new situation. Okay, well, if I just move these parts around, it'll become more efficient. And also, let me go and ask everybody else what they did and how they failed at it. What worked? What didn't work? Why did you choose that method? And that's not something that everybody enjoys doing. And sometimes people will go do it but it will become such distracting noise that they can't cut through the noise and keep it focused on what they want. And so for me, it's my way of failing forward faster, but I've done enough work to also pay attention to, am I doing it because I think I should be doing it and that's what everybody else is doing? Or is it actually in alignment with my goals, right? And a lot of that, like I said, stemmed from being kind of on my own and having to figure it out, to now saying like you don't have to be on your own. We can figure it out together.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so good. I took so many notes of of just points you made that they really resonated. I mean, the first one, just getting stuck in analysis paralysis mode. I mean, how easy is it? And you're right, you overanalyze, and then you get stuck in that spiral. So what advice could you give to fellow entrepreneurs of, okay, you're stuck in analysis paralysis. How do you even break that spiral? How do you get out and take that messy action and succeed?
1: Oh my gosh. Usually what causes analysis paralysis and that, that initial overwhelm is because we have this big goal and it feels so big and it's like, how are we going to achieve it, right? Right. But when we break it down and we reverse engineer it, it starts to become so clear as to, oh, okay, we can actually do, you know, like if, if let's take a number, if we can do a real life example, right? Absolutely. Amy? So I've got a client who, um, she tells me, okay, I want to make $200,000 Uh, this coming year. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why? Like, why, why that number? Like, what is that funding? Right. So we break down your personal expenses. I mean, you're going to, you're doing a worksheet where we know what all your bills are, because you need to know that. Like how much money do I need to earn in order to survive? And then your business expenses. And additionally, we're not, you know, coming in here so that we can just like live to work every day. We're working so that we can live. So we need to be setting profit goals that are going to fund that life that we truly desire. I mean, let's be real. That's why most of us got into entrepreneurship, right? And so when then we can look at the entire goal, and first of all, the, the first part of that is we have to make sure that that is your goal. That's a whole nother conversation, right? But then what we can do is we can look at, okay, here's the total number, and then we break it down based on the segments of your business or you know, just kind of reverse engineering to say, all right, this is how much we need to make on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis. Um, The most simplistic example I can give you, Amy, is let's say that you wanted to buy um, an investment property, right? And you say, I want to buy a house. $300,000 is my budget in three years. And I'm going to put 25% down so that I can get the best interest rate. Okay. So now we know that we need to save $25,000 each year because that's a $75,000 down payment divided by three. So then the $25,000 divided by 12. And then suddenly now we know, okay, we just need to put aside $2,100 a month. Is that doable? Is that achievable? Is it realistic? It is fantastic. It's a little bit of a stretch. Okay. Where can we reallocate funds? Okay. Or do we need to extend that? Is this three-year ideal goal a five-year goal? Okay. That's fine. Right? Like that's okay. And we're allowed to pivot. And, and I'll be honest, that was a three-year goal of mine and I hit it in two years. So I bought the dang property in two years, right? Because, and we're allowed to pivot. Things happen. COVID happens, right? You know, recessions happen. Goals can be pivoted. But when we look at something that's so big and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to get 10,000 people there or whatever. Like we have to just break it down, chunk it down. What, what are we doing this week to get there? How is that feeding into the milestone that we need for this month, right? It's not just like a race to the end point. Yeah,
0: and then it becomes so much more realistic and doable when you're not just looking at this big, scary thing, but you're saying, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, I can do that. Or like you said, you pivot and reframe it. Okay, well, maybe it's not going to happen within that initial time frame, but can we make adjustments to it? You're figuring it out. You're mm-hmm. thinking at it about it from that, that bird's eye view and really diving in. And I love, too, how you mentioned KPIs, because I think that's something a lot of people neglect, but it's one of the most valuable things you can do as a business owner. That's how you know exactly what's working, what's not working. So what are just a few simple KPIs that you recommend your clients track?
1: Mm, I love this, right? Conversion. So it's so funny. I I don't like numbers, but I love numbers. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to say that other than I like data, right? The data tells us a lot, and that can be in any space. So for me, it's we need to obviously track our expenses. We need to track um, our number of transactions uh, every single week right? we and that, and that could be something different for several different industries. But um, we need to track our number of transactions. I also recommend to my folks that we track where the source of that came from. And the reason for that is because if we want to scale our business next year by 10 or 15%, it's going to be really important to go look at that data and say, where did the majority of our leads come from that fed into those closed sales, right? Because You're likely going to have somewhere around the range of, you know, five to seven lead sources, but you're going to have very clearly a top one to three, right? So if we're going to increase our business by 15 to 20%, then we need to be able to go back and say, where are we going to double down our efforts to do something that we know is working and get really good at it. And instead of focusing all of our efforts on all six or seven different methods, right? Let's focus our energy and efforts on these top you know, two to three, and that way the ancillary audience will still come in. But if we're not tracking where we got our business, you know, how did they find us? What's the lead source? And then kind of what was the time frame? You know, how long were they in our cycle? How many touches did they get? And this does change. You know, I work with a lot of people that work with um, clients or customers directly in some space. And that might just be, you know, face-to-face, like um, service-related uh, such as real estate agents. And it could be like online providers, coaches, things of that sort. Um, not typically brick and mortar, but still, you know, you just want to know where that is. It's the same with your marketing dollars. Where are we spending our marketing dollars to get our return of investment? You know, so same with your your time and energy. Notate where you're spending your client acquisition time, um, you know, your lead generation time. And, and what is the energy exchange that you're giving to that space? Because a return on investment is going to be a return on your time, money, and energy. It's not just the, the revenue that comes in, right? And so, to me, tracking those numbers, right, is very important. And um, and I'll just give you a quick live example of that is, um, let's take the same gal who had a $200,000 goal, Right. And we're looking at it, and really her numbers added up to about 154 was really all she needed, including the things that she had said, you know, like this is what I'm, you know, working towards for my life by desire. And so I'm looking at it, and I, I say, okay, well, then where's the 200 coming from? You know, and if we're scaling, then how are you spending that money? Where's that profit going? So then I had to go back and look at, okay, well, this was her personal and her business numbers. This is the amount that it would take to, to survive personally in business. And I already know that she made more money than that last year. And so I said, just out of curiosity, how did you spend your profit last year? And she said, um, not really too sure, right? And I'm like, okay, did you have that much profit? So then it's like, now we have to go look at your profit and loss statement and come to find out the number that was on her business section did not match what her expenses were on her profit and loss, right? So we have to track these things in a way that we are super aware of where we're spending the money if we're going to grow and that we're not just pulling arbitrary numbers out because we we want to be able to predict where our business is going to come from and how we're going to get there. Does that make sense?
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I, I love how everything you say, it just makes things clear because how often... Do we just ignore that data and what we think is reality in our business? And then when you look at the data and analyze that, those can be two completely different things. It's like, oh, I thought I was getting my, my clientele from here. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that way mm-hmm. you can really focus that energy into those sources that are generating revenue, those avenues where you are pulling those new leads in from it's beautiful. It's
1: simple. Exactly. It is. Here's the thing. Everything is simple. It's just not easy, right? Right. It's like, it's not easy when we have all the moving parts and and we are talking about mompreneurs. So this isn't just the moving parts of our business. It's the moving parts of running our household, you know, of our children, of our spouses, you know, the, our friend, our social circle, right? The things that we want to do to take care of us. Can I just keep naming all the things that women have on our plate? Right. How do we then balance in looking at this stuff and staying on top of our business so that we can do it in a leadership way, in a way that will drive profit? Yes, revenue drives profit, but we did not get into the business for revenue. We got into the business for what our profit can do and drive the life that we desire and quite frankly, the life that we deserve, right? So it's like, if we don't know how many leads we need to convert into this that will then convert into X amount of dollars, then we're winging it. (laughs) I mean, we're just winging it and we're not sure like, okay, cool, we hope that we get more leads, right? Like where are we getting our best leads from? Where are we getting our most quality leads from? You know, how did they hear from us? Because that's, again, where we want to double down if we need a fast injection into our income, right? Right,
0: and that's the pivotal point where, You stop throwing the proverbial spaghetti at the wall and you get a strategy. You reverse engineer that goal. You have a strategy and you can do this with your home life too. Say you're overwhelmed with everything that you have to do with the kids, with your spouse, you know, all these things. Start looking at your home as the business too. Start running your home like you do your business. Like, why are we making this so complicated?
1: Girl, you ain't not, you're not. you not even lying because let me tell you, I, t- I say this all the time because part of this also plays into I'm big on my calendar. I tell everybody, if it is not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Forget it. I will forget. I have forgotten concerts. I have forgotten to go to comedy shows with my girlfriend, you know, calling me at 10 a.m. Like, hey, I'm going to leave at this time. You want me to pick you up? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, We're, we got the comedy tickets today. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's not on my calendar. I booked something different. I have to go do some right here's the thing is like my son is turning 17 next month and so we're starting college tours right and so i i share weekends with my ex i run three different businesses i you know also have a teenager who yes he has a job but at the same time you know we have college campus tours to do over the next year and a half and if i don't plan in advance for those then i'm going to feel like i'm scrambling and then how am I also going to financially plug that in? And I also believe in being purposeful in many aspects. But if we're going to go to, um, he, he was considering UCLA. And so if we're going to go to UCLA, we're not going to drive uh, five, five hours and just go to this campus tour, right? We're going to get purposeful. We're going to look at some other things. You know, we're going to have a good time. We're going to integrate both of those. Obviously, he has a school schedule, right? So I have to look ahead. At what days does he have out of school, right? I have to look ahead at my schedule. Okay, what weekends are mine, okay? And then I also have to look at what conferences or events do I already have on my calendar that I'm wanting to go to. So I have to look at my entire year in advance, and this is not a joke. I have 2023 completely color-coded for the majority of these things. Now, are some of them placeholders? Yes. Are they going to be strategic placeholders? Absolutely. But if I don't start from that big picture and work it backwards and just Firstly, plug in my ex's schedule, right? Then I star the dates, you know, that he's at, that my son's out of school. Then I color code my events, right? So now I can visually see where do I have room for us to go, you know, on spring break or long weekends or when does summer start? So I can start to be a lot more strategic about where we're going to go. And I can space out financially taking this on. And to not shove them all into his last year where he should be having fun next summer, you know, like when he graduates his senior year, that should be fun. It shouldn't be like, we have to do all of these campus tours by then. And plus we need to already be accepted somewhere, right? So it is true. Like there's so much to juggle and you have to, you know, take the time and be really intentional. And yes, it's work up front. I mean, it is. Do I wish that somebody else would, you know, help me with, you know, the co-parenting schedule? Absolutely. However, do I know it will get done if I sit down and do it? And it, and that stems back from that, like, nobody else is going to do it for me. I just have to do it. I bring in leverage in other places. But if I didn't do that, I would be so overwhelmed and feeling behind. And then I would waste money because I would book tickets. Last minute, I wouldn't book ahead for Airbnbs or hotels. I would, you know, spend more money the longer I procrastinated. So for me, I feel less overwhelmed when I know okay this is figured out and it has shown that it will also save me money so that reduces my overwhelm too <laughs> you know definitely I mean, it's, definitely yeah, it it's all a system. into
0: it it is it is all a system and yes it takes a little bit of work on the the front end but yeah the outcome is just so much more seamless. And it lets you live. It lets you Mm. have that outcome. We all desire. Like you said, it's not about the money. It's about what the money allows us to do. It's about the freedom that it provides, that we can have these experiences, that we can just be in the moment and enjoy our lives and not just be constantly struggling and just trying to get to the next day, to the next day, to the next day. You figured it out and it's amazing. I loved this conversation. Jamie, I could just listen to you all day. Great girl. (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find you to learn more?
1: Absolutely. So you can always connect with me on the gram at Ms. Jamie Milam. Um, I also have a podcast called Determined AF and uh, my website, it's jamiemilam.com. There's some resources there. There's a freebie download, uh, six simple steps to building a great strategic plan. Uh, And so, and that's going to just continue to roll out other freebies. But yeah, if you want to know how to consume more, those would be the spaces. Love it. You guys be
0: sure to check that out. Jamie, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy schedule to share your knowledge with our listeners today. And until next time, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.